0: Nesolare is located in Belgium, in fact, the province of East Flanders. And in Nesolare, there is the Belgium Pippa Pigeon Center. And at the Belgium Pippa Pigeon Center recently, a racing pigeon named New Kim sold for $1.9 million after a two-week auction. Now, the Associated Press reports that the deal took flight from New Kim's original starting price of over 200 euros, which translated into American dollars is $236. But there was a bidding war that was accelerated by two anonymous Chinese bidders. And they raised the price of New Kim by over $325,000 over a half hour of the bidding. So then it skyrocketed from $236 all the way up to $1.9 million. And they sold the racing pigeon for $1.9 million. Now, the color yellow, the color yellow can mean several different things. That by definition, it's a color which resonates with the left or logic side of the brain and it helps create mental agility and perception. Also, the color yellow by definition is considered the lightest hue of the spectrum. And color psychology of yellow says it's uplifting and illuminating and offered hope and happiness and cheerfulness and fun. And yellow inspires, original thought and inquisitiveness but then again the color yellow is said to produce anxiety because it's fast moving and it can cause you to feel agitated and yellow also has a tendency to make you more mentally analytical and critical but this includes being self-critical as well as being critical of others so when you see a pigeon going for $1.9 million. The person who sold that pigeon for $1.9 million could be very ecstatic. Now, you can also think, my goodness, it's a pigeon. Can you use the $1.9 million for other things? So we have various postures and we have tension within those postures. So in your own life, at this time and moment, worry do you worry about being judged or do you worry about being perfect or how about this can we switch the way that we carry ourselves to being thankful for what you have and seeing your contribution as a gift to the world but can you also embrace the idea of both gratitude and sadness and hold them both together Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. My name is Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience. I seek to inform with care and compassion and speak for those who can't speak for themselves. I use history to uncover inspirational heroes from the past and music to motivate us to think and inspire us to act from the best versions of ourselves and along with racing pigeons and the color yellow. Using this to set up the song for today and the tension because... Today, I'm going to use the song, I'm Coming Out. I'm Coming Out is a 1979 Diana Ross song. And she asked the founding members of the band Chic to help her make material for a new album. And she was excited because she saw the band Chic in concert. She took her daughter to see the band Chic. So Diana Ross got the idea Of that album. So Neil Rogers, the founding member of Chic, he got the idea for the song I'm Coming Out because he noticed three different drag queens dressed as Diana Ross at a New York nightclub called the GG Barnum Room. Now, Diana Ross loved these lyrics because she was leaving Motown Records. And it was the idea that she was coming out from under Barry Gordy's thumb. So she was going to be an artist on her own. And the lyrics were this. I'm coming out. I want the the world to know. Got to let it show. I'm coming out. I want the world to know. I got to let it show. There's a new me coming out. And I just had to live. And I just want to give. I'm completely positive. And I think this time around, I'm going to do it. Like you never knew it. Oh, I'll make it through. The time has come for me to break out of this shell. I have to shout that I'm coming out. And the interesting thing is that when Diana Ross took this to a a DJ in New York, the DJ in New York was like, well, don't you know that this is a term that a homosexual uses when they come out of the closet? And Diana Ross was upset at first. She went back to Rogers and said, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to ruin my career? Now, this came out in the late late 80s early 80s 1980 to be specific so at that time this was considered to be like a career-ending move Diana perceived this as a career-ending move but what you know that over time as this song has become kind of an anthem in the LGBT community to celebrate coming out now I'm a happily married individual and I'm not going that direction for the song today but what I am going to talk about is this idea of our talents and our gifts coming out of us and how they come out of us at this time, in this moment, and how other people faced with adversity were able to come out using their talents, their gifts and their abilities. And one person I wanna talk about today is Edmonia Lewis. Now Edmonia Lewis, she was the first sculpture, sculptor of both African-American and Native American descent to achieve international recognition. And this was in the 1800s. And Edamonia had a very challenging and difficult upbringing. She was orphaned at an early age and she grew up in her mother's tribe. And her life kind of revolved around fishing and swimming and making and selling crafts. And by doing this, she was able in 1859 to go to Oberlin College. It was one of the first schools to accept female students And black students. So, this is in the 1800s in Ohio, where at a time, if you were a woman, you weren't able to go to college. And if you were black, you weren't able to go to college. So, Oberlin College, the significance of this is not to be passed over or missed. There was that time. Now, she developed an interest in the fine arts. But what ended up happening? First setback, she was accused of poisoning other students and she was thrown out of the school now eventually she was acquitted of this but in the interim she lost her job she lost her chance at a degree and she lost her reputation but what she did have was her talents and her gifts as a sculptress so she became a professional artist she studied sculpture there she started creating portraits of famous anti-slavery heroes and then she moved to rome in 1865 and she found a group of american women who were sculptors and began to work in marble and people hired worker local workmen to carve their final pieces but you know what she did all of the stonework herself Because she feared that if she didn't, her work would not be accepted as original work. So she did all of her stonework herself. And she also sculpted biblical scenes and figural works dealing with her Native American heritage and also the oppression of Black people. So there's some tension there, but there's also very beautiful expression of your creative talents in the face of difficulty. See, your creative gifts find a way to make it out. And then there's something that she said in a poem. She said, there is nothing so beautiful as the free forest to catch a fish where you are hungry cut the boughs of a tree, make a fire to roast it and eat it in the open air is the greatest of all luxuries. I would not stay a week pent up in cities if it were not for my passion for art. And this is what Edamonia Lewis said in a letter that was read in the National Anti-Slavery Standard. So there is this idea that she had become this internationally known sculptress, but there was this level of commitment that Resonated contentment that was there for her art, even though there was a lot of setbacks and hardship and heartbreak. There was this connection with her gifts and the ability to bring forth something in the world to help other people that kept her going. And she found contentment in that. There's a a, a scripture in the book of Hebrews 13 Verse five, and it says, This keep yourselves free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Now, that is not telling you to not have any sort of money, because we know that we need money. We need to be able to keep a roof over our heads, we need to be able to feed our families, we need to be able to, you know, commit to the social contract, to pay taxes, to support others, to use what we and our labor has a monetary value to it that we should receive in exchange for performing our labor. We deserve to be paid for what we do. Our efforts should be warded monetarily. But what we're saying is this idea of that love money Love in a sense of you think that money will somehow solve your problems, change you, help you. But there's this idea of being content with what we have. See, the scripture is not too much about money, but let's talk about contentment. Contentment, what you have. The idea of contentment. Or as an author, her name is Nikki Brantmark, and she's Swedish. And there's this term called lagum. La gum, and the term means not too much, not too little, and just right. Now in Sweden, it represents living a balanced, slower, non-complaining life. And Brantmark said that Swedish people stop, take their time, they look, they listen, they wait. The beauty of slowing down. And The author said that she's learned that it helps you to be more in the moment and enjoy the simple pleasures in life if you slow down. So think about this idea of being content, content with what you have, grateful for what you have, content with what you can produce, your abilities, your talents, taking time to survey and ask yourself, what are these things? What are these things that I have that I can use my hands to do? Who can I listen to? Who can I help? The idea that there's always two, right? The color yellow has two different meanings, distinct meanings. But there is a scripture in Romans 12, 5. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So the ability to take two Seemingly different viewpoints, rejoicing and mourning, seem to be opposition to each other. But as we have a left hand and a right hand, we can hold both. There is a power in embracing sadness. Joseph Forgus, who is a PhD professor of psychology, University of New South Wales in Australia, He wrote something called The Message Within, The Roles of Subjective Experience and Social Cognition and Behavior. And he came up with this idea, or he wrote about, he did studies about the idea of sadness. And he said that sadness can do four things for you. It can improve your memory. It can improve your judgment. It can increase your motivation. And it can improve interactions. So you also think about Thanksgiving coming up it's a time definitely to be happy for what you have. Maybe you have, you know, a roof over your head and you have food and you have families and you have friends, but then on the other side, there are people who don't. There are people who have lost lives, who have lost family members, who have lost jobs, who've lost loved ones. You know, the Native Americans consider Thanksgiving a national day of mourning. So let us consider this context as we move through the world. It's not simple. It's not easy. It's messy. But we can carve out a space to be happy and sad and to be able to serve. You see, sadness is not depression. Sadness is a way to connect with others Sadness is a way to be generous to others because, you see, when you know that someone else is suffering, when someone else is hurting, you may take the time to say, hey, I want to help in some way that I can because I may have the means to help someone else. And maybe one day when I'm in a position where I'm hurting, there will be somebody there for me. As Diana Ross said, there's a new me coming out and I just had to live and I want to give. I'm completely positive. I think this time around, I'm going to do it like you never knew it. Oh, I'll make it through. The time has come for me to break out of the shell. I've had to shout that I'm coming out. So if you think this week about coming out, what do you need to bring out? Is it your talents? Is it your gifts? Can you take time out to be more content? Can you take time out to be more grateful? You see, we have time to be thankful. We have time to be grateful. We have time to acknowledge and we have time to be sad. But let's focus on being a little more content with what we have and to be able to give a little more from what we also have. And be grateful and thankful for all of those. This is Stephen Thompson. Thank you for being a part of my experience. I may know you or I may not, but know this. You are valuable. You are loved. You have talents, gifts, and abilities that the world needs. I don't know where you are on your journey, but find those gifts and use them. Go out today and put some good into the world and have a great Thanksgiving. See you next week. Bye-bye.